In April 2009, 17-year-old Brittany Drexel went on a spring break trip to Myrtle Beach without her mother's knowledge. After just a few days of her vacation, she vanished from Ocean Boulevard on April 25th. The night of her disappearance, she told her boyfriend she was going to visit someone at the Blue Water Resort, but stopped communicating at around 9 p.m. To this day, her disappearance is still unexplained, and although there have been some promising leads, there is still no concrete explanation of what happened to Brittany. Is Brittany still out there somewhere? Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. We're back to do our regular breakdown of crime. And this one is, I think we've been getting requests for years. Mm -hmm. And finally, I was like, all right, let's see what's up. It is a story that I feel uh, captivates a lot of people. And it's, it's just kind of one of those like, terrifying moments i feel like so many cases you're just always like oh that could be me and this one i feel like especially as well too it just i know well because i feel like this is one of those things that just makes you think about all the times you've walked home alone and that's not to say that nobody should ever do that because i mean i do that every single day but sometimes you just think about all it takes sometimes is being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, literally, where you're like, yeah, when you're like, oh, I was just doing my life, and then a catastrophe happened. Yeah, seriously. And, oh, my God, I feel like all the words for this is because, like, the mom, the mom knew. I I know. The mom had a premonition. Moms are always right. They... They're right until they're wrong, and then even when they're wrong, they'll say they're right, and then you just say that they are right as well because that's what they're your mom, and then it just kind of works with that. Because you don't want to fight. <laughs> oh, exactly. So like, I'd rather just end this. Yeah. You don't want to fight. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about the disappearance of Brittany Drexel. Like I said, we got a lot of DMs about this, not another true crime. I know I got a few, so I was like, all right, adding it to the list, and and keep sending us your suggestions. Um, I, we we really do have a running list that we add it to. Sometimes I screenshot it and then keep it on my phone and then forget about it until I'm like, shit, what are we going to do this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. So a little bit about Brittany. She was born in Rochester, New York on October 7th, 1991. And shortly after she was born, her mother, Dawn, married a man named, married a man named Chad who adopted her. I think this was when Brittany was about three think chad was kind of in her life and she really enjoyed soccer she was really good at it she had career aspirations she wanted to go to cosmetology school and she was very into hair and makeup and i know another thing she also had um some hopes like or like an interest of like modeling and i know that comes up later with one of her mom's um, theories about why she went yeah definitely and one interesting thing i mean an interesting fact is that uh, bernie was born with a condition called persistent hyperplastic primary vitreous in her right eye, um, which means that she had to have a lot of surgeries on it. And ultimately, she was blind in her right eye. And because of this, and because her eyes had a tendency to water, she wore these like distinctive blue contact lenses that that kind of gave her like a very recognizable appearance. Then, I mean, I think she was she was like a pretty happy-go-lucky kid. Um, you know, everybody in her high school liked her. Then her, she had a bit of trouble because her mom and Chad split in 2008. Um, and of course, Bernie didn't really take the news well. This was really her father figure who'd been in her life, her whole life, pretty so much. she could remember, pretty much. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It started to affect her grades. And 
she also suffered from some depression and Chad claims that it kind of aggregated the depression. Again, I mean, who wouldn't? So in April 2009, Brittany asked her mom if she could go down to spring break in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina with some friends. Oh, and I know it was a weird situation where it was like her boyfriend and then a lot of like people he knew and stuff like that. So it wasn't like um, her immediate, like super, super close friend group, but like friends that were going, people that were going down to Myrtle Beach as a group. Right. So it, he, she was with these two girls, Alana and Jen, and they really were not close friends. And even on the trip, they kind of showed that they, you know, didn't have a very strong bond. And we'll get into that a little bit. Um, but that was part of the reason why her mom said no, because Brittany didn't know these other girls. She didn't know their parents. There were no parents on the trip. I mean, it's one thing if you're in college, I guess, to kind of go to like a completely different state for spring break. But when you're just in high school and I don't, she was what, like 17. I don't even think she was, she may not even have been a senior in high school. Uh, Yeah. I think she was like 16 or 17. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're that age, it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, definitely no. And also, too, for this, just because, like, for anybody listening, is like with the geographical nature of it, it's like a 13 or 14 hour drive down there because from where they were to where uh, Myrtle Beach is. So it's not like going down the shore for like a day or something like that. It would, this is like a full on trip where you are going to be out of your comfort zone, out of anything. Yes. You know. Yeah. They, they did a road trip. They didn't even like fly to South Carolina. It was like 18 hours or something. In any case, it's a lot of time to spend in a car with people that you don't know. And then on the flip side, it's kind of like if something goes wrong, not even goes wrong, but like if the trip is like off, if the vibes are off. You can't go it's, home. Exactly. It's a tough escape escape route. So they had this kind of fight. And Bernie's mom, Dawn, said that she had this premonition that something bad would happen on this trip, which is just really, really like heartbreaking. And they fought for several days about this until... April 22nd, when Brittany asked if she could just go to a friend's house to for like spring break to calm down, spend the night or whatever. Um, and Dawn said yes, but Brittany did not go to a friend's house. She, in fact, went to Myrtle Beach. Pre-find my phone. I know. Oh, my gosh. Pre-find my phone. Also, I, I can't even lie to my mom about like my budget. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you got to be expert, expert level, but... And also, like, too, like, to have all, like, your bags packed and everything like that. Oh, I guess you just still pack a bag to go to your friend's house. That's a good point, yeah. I mean, my mom would be like, that's a heavy bag for uh, your friends. It's just, like, all the bottles (laughs) clinking. You're like, what? Right, right. Then again, when anytime I go to stay at my boyfriend's and he lives in literally just Manhattan, um, I pack, like, a full carry-on suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) You have, like, that. You have, like, the little... um, um, neck pillow too. You're like, <laughs> yes, oh so god. Yes, from the subway. They're like, where is this girl going? I get, <laughs> I get also, off in Midtown, and they're like, uh. You're like, this tourist is lost. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> also, I feel like I have to just give a disclaimer that if I sound really like groggy, I have not really had my coffee yet today, so that's what's going on. Oh, Sarah. I was gonna say my voice feels like gravelly. I don't know if anybody can el- else can hear it or if it's just me hearing it in my head. I feel it's more so in your head. I okay. have had two cups today, so I will try Love to that. emulate. I will try to hype you up through Okay. This. I mean, it's also like this is really – okay, I was researching this case like right before I went to sleep, which is never a good move. 
So I'm like having dreams of like trap houses and I'm like, what's going on? Wait, I like literally woke up in the middle of the night at 4 a.m. like shot out of bed and I was like probably because I was doing this at night. But And you were like, I solved it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, wait, what? I, I, I uh, DM Mariska Hargitay. I have the clues. She's like, <laughs> what are you? And she's like, I don't solve real crimes. Yeah, she's like, yo, I get paid millions to sit with my hot husband from younger. So calm down. Truly, truly. Okay, but so Brittany kind of snuck out of the house to like an extreme degree, went to Myrtle Beach with these girls, Alana, Jen. There were a bunch of other guys there. Um, Three days after she left, she called her mother from Myrtle Beach while the group was staying at Bar Harbor Hotel. And she told her mom that she was just at the beach, which Dawn thought was the Lake Ontario shoreline, which they would refer to the beach. So she thought that she was like staying at the friend's which house. Which is so, like, it's such a Sneaky. thing I feel like, I, yeah, where I'd be like, no, I'm at a home. You know what I mean? Where you're like, I'm not at my home, but I'm somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I would. Like, forget my own lies immediately. This is just why I oh, don't lie. I also, I also had no... Ch- I was so boring in high school. I did not... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> truly same. Um, Like, <laughs> I have this joke that I'm testing out for uh Friday. But um, <laughs> basically, like, my mom was the president of the PTA. Like, she got elected multiple times. And I... Because I feel like she was so well-liked. And my mom would, like, find out about high school parties before I knew about them. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's so good. <laughs> She'd be like, are, are you going to Lexi's party? And I'm like, I didn't know that she was having a party. Or, or she's like, don't go to Lexi's party and exactly. drink. You're like, I wasn't in. I was like, Lexi? right. No, I would never. <laughs> Secretly <laughs> had no clue it was happening. No recall. You're like, where does Lexi live again? Just yeah. Okay. Right. But kind of going along with that, the beach kind of thing being like a convenient sort of lie by omission um it ended up being 83 degrees there that day so it dawn didn't see anything weird about it she was like yeah okay they're definitely they're there although unfortunately Brittany wasn't having the best time on the trip especially because her boyfriend couldn't come i think he had to work or something and yeah he had job obligations yeah and the girls were just like not not being like super nice to her i kind of heard that they were just being a little exclusive they wanted to like really party and and do a little drugs. Brittany wasn't really into that. So she kind of felt left out. And there was also this thing like. Basically when she went missing. the One of the girls had borrowed her shorts. And she left with them. And then like immediately after she left. They texted her like. I want the shorts back. So she had to walk back. And that was kind of when she disappeared. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'll go in a little bit into the disappearance. So at around 8 p.m. on April 25th, Brittany left her friends to walk on the beach to another hotel, the Blue Water Resort, to visit a friend who was staying there. It's this guy, Peter, who was like a club promoter. And I think it was it was not a super far walk. It was maybe like a mile and a half is what I had read. It's a significant walk, but it's not like she's walking five miles by herself. So security cameras and show uh, Brittany arriving to the hotel and then leaving at around 845 because this girl was like, I want my shorts back. So she had to turn around, go back to the other hotel. And that's when she left. And during this time, she was texting her boyfriend, John, who, like we said, was staying um, upstate because of work. At 915, her text suddenly stopped and they were kind of like in the middle of a conversation. Like, it wasn't just like, all right, I'm walking, T-C-Y-L. Um, she and, was, like, venting to him, too. And yeah, think, yeah, she was venting to him, telling him that she wasn't having a good time. And uh, 
he started to kind of get a little worried when she stopped responding. He tried to call her friends to see if they knew what was going on and nobody nobody knew. And he, and he was, you know, texting her a lot and getting worried and saying to her, like, just text me back so I know you're okay. If you don't text me back, I'm going to call your mom. Thinking, like, you know, if everything's fine, she, she would, like, respond to that. And she didn't. So then he called her mom, who legit had to find out this way that her daughter was in Myrtle Beach. And, and Dawn Heart was, like, song. at first fucking pissed, obviously. But then she immediately got concerned and worried. So she called Chad and also the cops to see if the, the cops in Rochester. So to see if they could call the cops in South Carolina. And I also want to just talk about a brief side note. Um, okay, so if you I read some articles that said that she was not really from Rochester. She was from this town, upstate New York, that's spelled C-H-I-L-I, which you, I guess it's a suburb of Rochester. So when you see C-H-I-L-I, you think Chile. Chile. Exactly. So <laughs> well, I texted my friend who's from upstate New York. And I'm like, have you heard of this place? And is it pronounced Chile? And they're like, no, it's actually pronounced Chile. Oh. And I wanted to just like, I don't know, like, laugh into a coma but also like throw <laughs> my phone out the window like chai lai can't Wait, can believe I say it. That? that's like so that's like chicer than anything i've ever heard though is it I, I mean being from chile like not even with an e at the end i guess that's like chile but chile. like being spelled be, yeah being from chile like the restaurant is a little <laughs> right, bit yeah. stupid you're like but, i want my chai lai's baby back it's so true but sauce. chai lai also sounds like you fucked it up. <laughs> that does have that. I also love too. I went on the like just to Google Chai Lai, and the only thing that pops up is a Wegmans, and I guess that's well. All that you sounds need. about right. <laughs> Can't really. Shout out to anybody from there. Oh, and Knuckles Knockout and Aldi. Okay, I'm getting. I don't need to. Vote. What is a Knuckles Knockout? I'm not gonna Google to find out. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to know. I think it's a workout. I think it's a it's a boxing place. Oh, okay, okay. I, yes. <laughs> I was imagining like extreme Chuck E. Cheese. Oh <laughs> wait, that means so it's a knockoff Chuck E. Cheese, like a Chuck E. Cheese Fight Club. I don't know. So, they're like, I have my fifth birthday party at Knuckles Knockout in Chai Lai, and you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is good. To- okay, well, I guess that makes sense because, like, I feel like also whenever non-local outlets cover, like, have local details, they'll just be like, okay, no one knows where Chai Lai is, but people for can sure Rochester, so they just throw her to there. So justice for Chai Lai too. So okay, yeah, Chai Lai, yeah. <laughs> All right. It also it was so large. It was like larger than Rochester. I almost. Thought. I mean, probably like size wise. Size, I could see yes. that grass wise because yeah. it was very green. <laughs> grass. It was green besides that Wegmans and that knuckle knockout. Right. So of course, uh, so Dawn and Chai Lai, she was kind of sounding the alarms, which who who would not, and tried to get a lot of cops going. A lot of things happening. The police didn't start looking for her until the following morning, which, I mean, the classic, you have to be missing for, like, 24 hours, stuff like that. But this was, I guess, a little more uh, expedited. Um, And what they were able to find was security footage from the second hotel that she was going to. And like Sarah was saying, the person that she went to see was Peter uh, Brozowitz, who was a 20-year-old nightclub promoter. I was kind of shocked at, like, how young a night... I was like, you can't go to nightclubs. That's a good point. I will say, though, like, well... We would go to this club that 
in the city that didn't really care if you had a fake ID. And so our promoter was oh. probably also underage. <laughs> that That is true. Uh, I mean, Fordham, I did not even need a fake ID. But- uh, they were just like, come on, come on. Uh, <laughs> I did have one. It wasn't good, but she knew him from the Rochester area and he was there vacationing and the two met met up kind of at a local nightclub the night before. Like they ran into each other like, oh, I know each other. And I'm sure she was looking for someone who was like a friend or something. I don't even know. Totally. Because she's like, the people I'm with fucking suck and I'm miserable. Uh, the co- yeah. The cops did interview him and the people he was sharing his room with, just kind of asking questions and stuff like that even though we, we do see her coming and going from that uh, hotel. Uh, and what they said at that moment was, no one has been ruled in or out with the ultimate findings. But I will say that, okay, so I read that he, once Bernie went missing, I read that he checked out of his hotel room at like two in the morning and left behind like some things and like immediately went back to Rochester and got a lawyer. But I think I read that, well, so, so I don't know. I did read that he like pretty immediately bounced. Um, well, that's all. It also is heir to a weirdness because Don and him made like multiple appearances on Doctor Phil too. Did you read about that? Where it's like they, I did. They were on their fight, yeah. which I didn't totally. I mean, we can get into the whole fighting. Oh, like yeah. having like. I mean, yeah, that's that's crazy. I will say that I don't. I think so many people are like, oh, well, he got a lawyer. Why would you do that if you have nothing to hide? And I'm like, because. The cops want a confession and they don't necessarily care yeah. if it's from the actual like person who did this. So whatever. And like also, how long would you expect this kid to like stay in South Carolina, probably on his own dime? Yeah. You know, like I don't know, whatever. So I'm not really I'm not a Peter truther, <laughs> but I'm also like I'm a I don't fact think the truther. fact that he went home and got a lawyer is suspicious. Well, also because like the boy is 20. I mean, that's like right. Makes sense, but I'm sure he was like. Fam, this is happening. I know, like, if my 20-year-old son came to me this, I was like, okay, we're getting you a lawyer. Oh, I'd be like, you're coming home immediately. Yeah, and we're hiring some some, some JD, and we're going to get you, we're going we're gonna to figure, yeah. Because also, it's, I mean, For sure. he's, a, he's also, because, like, being a club promoter underage, I mean, there's a lot of shit that they could also, like, uh, dangle over his head with stuff, and we'll get into how, the, uh, how nice. some things were dangled over people's head for confessions in this case uh, down the line. Mm. So, yeah, so after not ruling them in or out, they searched Brittany's room and they found everything that she uh, brought to the trip besides her phone and purse. So everything besides what she was last seen. I mean, seen it makes sense. If you're just walking to your friend's hotel, yeah. like you're not going to bring your whole bag or oh, like exactly. your luggage. So it showed that that was definitely probably the time that all of that was happening. And they tracked her phone's pings on a path like 60 miles south of Myrtle Beach near the Georgetown Charleston uh, County line. And, like, obviously this was, like, pre-all the Find My Friends, which is, like, your phone data pinging. Mm-hmm. And the pings... Still far away, Still though. far away. Oh, God. 60 miles south on like, a, on, like, a little, like, road, too. Yep. And the pings did ultimately stop on April 26th. So, like, later on that day, or, like, later on that day, uh, they searched that area where they last uh, were getting the alerts uh, for 11 days and found nothing. They even looked at, like, an apartment complex nearby to see, like... If she was hiding there, if someone was hiding there, just to see, to get any action. But yeah, during this time, like, Dawn would go on Dr. Phil a lot. And the nightclub promoter would come on, too. And they would, like, have argue. I didn't totally dive into this because I'm just sort of, like, I feel like it's the noise of it all. Where it's sort of, like, I don't really know. They were just kind of talking in circles. And it's, like, the Dr. Phil of it all being, like, what are we, what, what's our, what is our, yeah. what is our end game here besides viewership? It's definitely weird. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> 
I didn't watch any of those episodes, but to have them both on together yeah. is really weird because you have like a grieving mom and a kid or like a young adult. Yeah, exactly. It really, it really did not make any sense. But then also during this time, her mom moved to Myrtle Beach because she wanted to be mm-hmm. closer to where Brittany was last seen and also to be as involved as she could be in the investigation and more so like wanted to like be closer to the people to get more updates, which I understand. I mean, I understand that whatever you have to do during this is what you have to do during this. Um, mm-hmm. Her mom, her mom also had like some thoughts about what happened. She, she feels like, cause like we were talking about at the beginning that uh, Brittany was into like cosmetology, hair, makeup, modeling and everything like that. She was like, maybe Brittany was promised like something like a modeling job down here, which is why maybe she went down to Myrtle beach. But I don't really get that. Cause like by who? I know that's what I like. It seemed like she went down there for, spring break yeah. right and do do we think that these girls from her high school like had modeling connections that yeah and like do you think that she would really like at eight o'clock according to nine at night someone driving up being like i have a modeling job i i don't i don't understand that theory like at all i yeah i don't really understand all of that either and but the other yeah. theory that she has is that she uh britney was trafficked at that time, mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't believe that theory because they said it wasn't that common. But in a report in 2019, uh, the county of Horry County was the number one county for human trafficking victims. And I also read an article in the Post and Courier, which a lot of info for this case has been coming out through from literally like this year saying why that county remains the top trafficking section. And they were saying like given its proximity to major interstates, shared state yes. borders, ocean access and major tourist attractions, it seems like there's a lot of things that could line up with how uh, people could fall victim to trafficking. And um, yeah, yeah. I could totally see it. Oh, so the thing that I found out about Peter checking out about that hotel in a rush was from this site called KiwiReport.com. So I don't know about that, but it did say that from 1997 to 2010, there were 12 documented cases of sex trafficking in Myrtle Beach, uh, in South Carolina, which doesn't sound like that much, but it's not zero. So and also and um because in yeah because in uh 2021 there was 121 cases and in 2020 139. Right, and I also think like not all human trafficking is sex trafficking. No, exactly. Yes, and that's just sex trafficking. Yeah, and um on top of this too, like there were more vi- and like the victim numbers have been increasing too, which is mm-hmm. a stark sign where it's like 206 people in 2020 versus 179 like so it's like a 15 percent increase so it is really i can understand i mean obviously back then no one was really listening to the mom because they weren't thinking about it this much but it is i feel like a a a major thing down there or a a large thing down there yeah i I mean i think it's definitely possible i just feel like the the i don't know i guess like the concept of trafficking wasn't like so much on the forefront of just like the collective consciousness yeah so it kind of went cold until june 2016 when the fbi announced they believed that britney was murdered shortly after she disappeared and they put up a twenty-five thousand dollar reward for information Two months later, Charleston Papers reported on the allegations in more detail based on a transcription of a bond hearing for an inmate by the name of uh, Timothy Deshaun Taylor, who uh, was serving time for different charges. 
I also will say that like his mother has since come out and said that they like she really wants him to stop being linked to this case because there was no evidence found. So I'll try to like keep it pretty limited, I guess. And we'll, we get into in this, they were just doing like the squeezing technique on him of like trying to squeeze out information from this guy and the information is just non-existent. So it really was just a case of like trying to put wrap this up in a bow with no bow. Right. Right. So basically what happened was an FBI agent by the name of Garrick Munoz testified that earlier that year, another inmate by the name of Taquan Brown, who was serving 25 years for manslaughter, told them back in 2009, a lot to keep track of, a lot. told them that after Bernie disappeared, he went to a stash house for weapons to give some money to Timothy's father. And when he walked through that house, he said that he saw Timothy and a few other men um, sexually abusing Brittany. And he continued to the backyard. And then he saw that Brittany escaped. And he said then she was caught. Uh, she was pistol whipped, taken back inside. And then he heard two gunshots. He assumed they had killed her. And Saquon claims that he saw a wrapped body being removed from the house and then uh, jumped into an alligator pond. His statement was partially corroborated by information received from another informant. And this informant said that Timothy picked up Brittany in Myrtle Beach and took her to McClellanville, where he showed her off to friends, tried to sell her for human trafficking purposes. But after the case started getting media attention, he killed her just because there was too much attention During this time, Taylor's mother says the story is just a bunch of craziness adopted by the federal uh, authorities just to solve a case that they can't solve. And not surprisingly, this kind of set off a bunch of tips to the FBI that didn't really pan out. So another weird element of this is that back in like 2009, when the disappearance first happened, Chad went down to Myrtle Beach to help search, obviously, and he was like, he kind of recounted that he was passing out missing persons flyers when he like goes up to this guy in this car. I think there were like some other guys too. He and and he said that kind of everybody was like, you know, taking the flyers pretty much. I mean, they were concerned. But he remembers he walks up to this one car, hands him a flyer with Brittany's picture on it. This guy looks at the flyer, laughs and like crumples it up and throws it away. And that guy was apparently Deshaun Taylor. Interesting. And I think that the FBI were, was able to like corroborate that later based on the kind of car that he was driving or the description. But I think that's really weird. That is interesting. I know I didn't read about that a ton, but that is very, uh, that is a weird anecdotal thing from the dad as well, or from Chad as well. Yeah, it is super weird. But with that too, because even with that anecdotal, it really does seem like the Timothy character came out of fabricated uh, yeah, air. I don't know what to believe because like they never found evidence and also I feel like anytime there's a high profile case you kind of have some random inmate claiming to know what happened exactly. in exchange for, for like some kind of deal. Yeah so and also like so like the FBI all of this came during a bond hearing for Timothy all these additional charges and his lawyer was like this is clearly nothing but a squeeze job because they were going to just pressure mm. him to kind of be like oh, we got a confession and now the government is amazing and boom, boom, boom. And also particularly... He, <laughs> the government is amazing. And other, and other, and other thoughts. Um, he added that like, you can't, this is just exclusively based on jailhouse confession and no additional evidence to back that up. And it's like... 
Right. The cooperation. Exactly. Yeah. Where it's kind of just like, I feel like, yeah, I, I really feel like this happens with like every high profile case. Yeah. Like you'll find a news article. I remember when we were, when I was looking into updates for like making a murderer, you had like all these incarcerated people who were just coming out of the woodwork like claiming to know things and, and also because it's like either to mess or to say to get a deal or xyz X, yeah i mean and sometimes people say the truth with that but it's like you, you need other evidence with that a lot of the times yeah. yeah and also so because they didn't really have any evidence they were going this squeeze route and i'll get into that a little bit more so basically timothy deshaun taylor was serving or was um involved in like this robbery of a mcdonald's in 2011 and he was the driver, so he was the getaway car driver while the two others held up the restaurant. One wounded the store manager uh, with two non-life-threatening gunshots. And Jeez. So this is the part, and I mean, like, every lawyer is going to have their ears bleed when I try to explain this, because it is kind of confusing. <laughs> but um, basically what happened is that because he confessed that he was guilty to being the driver in that and um, everything and served time, they, but they still could bring parallel charges to him because federal laws were violated along with state laws. So he admitted guilt to violating the state laws that he was charged with. But the because the FBI is involved in the Britney case, they could be like, I could, like, I could see that. I could if, see, yeah. Yes, so yeah. Yeah. You can have, yeah. For driving a getaway car to McDonald's. I, I mean, it's, yes. But it's, but they were able to throw yeah. that out, uh, for this reason. So they, so then the FBI could be like, oh, we actually want to charge him. For X, Y, and Z. So basically, they found a way to try him again for the McDonald's incident and bring him mm. on, doing all of this in hopes that he would be like, okay, let me just, con- like, can I strike a deal if I'm, gu-? like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's sketch. Yeah, so even the assistant U.S. attorney, Winston Holiday, questioned why the government was bringing these random interstate charges against him now. Uh, but uh, Holiday went on to say a federal position also gives the government the ability to lodge federal charges when it believes the outcome in a state court has been fundamentally unfair. So, the, I mean, all right, I guess. So the thing, basically, the government can do what they want. Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, right. In case you didn't know. Yeah, the, and what they were arguing is that they were arguing that Taylor's first case on the state level was unfair because he got off more lightly uh, than the other two suspects uh, who got substantial sentences. But let us remind you that the two other... That seems fair to me. He was only driving the car. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah, I'm like, this is not... He was not firing the shots and anything like that. And also, he admitted (gasps) guilt to driving the car. So it's not like he was trying to get away scot-free from anything. Uh, They're they're fucking haters. They're they're salty. (laughs) Saltier than a a McDonald's fry. Uh, There we go. (laughs) I mean, uh, thankfully, because I do feel like they were really just tugging at Timothy for their own thing personally uh he wound up getting time served after a guilty plea for basically saying that he was still guilty for what he admitted guilt to before so he just had to have time served and a lot of activists around this time were just considering this to be a witch hunt against uh this incarcerated man yeah i mean even his mom was just like look he's done some things but he hasn't done that. He hasn't I done mean, that. It's kind of from from driving a getaway car to like this murder trafficking scheme is i don't know a big jump i guess so it's just weird that he i guess what's weird to me is like he seemingly got brought into it with like is there any other evidence besides this one guy's account that's the thing if there was more (laughs) factual stats and data and photos and more witnesses than just this one guy (laughs) Hmm. 
And like so weird. And then also it's the thing too where it's like, I mean, I'm not discrediting Chad, but it's like, did you see him or did you just know that now this guy's being talked about and you're like, oh now I saw it. Well, more on this uh to Quan Brown guy. In twenty nineteen he gave an interview to a Rochester news station. And that's where and he's he a said, sentence to up there. He's in prison around there as well now. Yeah. And he said he saw Brittany four times before she was killed within a month. Huh? So that's also back a few years <laughs> ago. He said he just walked by her once and now his whole story is switching. Huh. He said his first encounter was on April 27th, two days after her disappearance at the house. And he didn't recognize her then. But after all of the kind of media attention about the case, then he was like, oh, OK, um, I've seen this girl. The second time, he said, was the event he described to the FBI with the gunshots. The third time was five days later, I guess, when she miraculously rose from the dead. Like what? I don't understand. No, that's not what he said. What he said was the third time was five days later when she was walking on a dirt road near his cousin's house. But that doesn't really make sense because the first time he said that he heard gunshots and then someone was like carried out, wrapped up in some kind of like tarp Tarp, or something. And then he said the last time was in late May near his cousin's residence. And now this time he says he saw her being murdered by a man he knew as Nate, who shot her twice with a shotgun. Right. So this girl survived four gunshots, at least. Interesting. The station did corroborate some of this, like the house and things like that, but not a ton. Do you know what else they were able to corroborate? Oh, that the houses looked alike that um, he described. Oh, and besi- and what? besides that, okay. they were like, there was no Nate. And I also know, um, I think the cousin he was with has since died. And none of the friends, like, they couldn't find any of the other people he said he saw her with so it kind of they were just like we don't know where this information is going i guess i'm confused too like if these people all live in south carolina what is he doing in prison in rochester i didn't know if it was just like an inmate shift for um yeah yeah i guess i didn't know that they would send you like that far away but who knows i guess i think they um honestly this always happens but i feel they do that sometimes as my two theories, this is based on nothing, so I probably should Google this, <laughs> but either they, they'll send you away to make it harder for your family to visit you, or- They do that I, on Law and Order. I wonder, I, I wonder if because, and what he, because he ends up suing uh, the FBI, I wonder if they guaranteed him a relocation after, quote unquote, snitching while in jail. Hmm. Well, in any case, he sued federal officials for making him seem like a snitch and putting his life in danger. I'm like, okay, but you did it. Like, you snitched. You snitched. I'm like, I don't know, man. As for Brittany, there are no real updates. And I don't know. This is very perplexing. Like, I don't really know what to think. I know. I, I, I feel it's just like a such like a snap situation and happened so fast. And then there wasn't really any intel to go with off of it which is so insane like all the recover like searching around the area where her phone pinged off for 11 days finding nothing right like i i mean i don't know i get this this whole like trap house murder theory is kind of like generally accepted as what happened but to me there are just so many unanswered questions yeah with that and i feel i mean from the statistics that were working with too like the and like because like they shut down all notions of trafficking back then so they didn't really investigate a lot Mm. of different avenues that they could have back then i feel there could have been a possibility with that because also she was just like a young girl tourist 
in this area walking alone like yeah yeah i don't know i mean i definitely think she was abducted it's yeah. just i don't you know it's a question of by whom oh god yeah super sad that's so sad and oh, poor, poor dawn too yeah i kind of am like i don't even know what it would I, I mean, I think in order to really find out what happened, like more people would have to come forward with something that can actually be corroborated. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But definitely if you guys have theories or if we miss something, DM us and not another true crime. Put it in the Facebook group, not another true crime group. Let us know because we are confused. We're confused and we want to see if and also because I'm always curious, too, for any people that are like in the area of the place we talk about anybody who lives in Myrtle Beach or South Carolina oh, true. to have like more anecdotal evidence or evidence that all everyone talks about but doesn't get scratched to the surface type of thing we're curious about that as well very true and while we while we wait for people to help us with that we will we will uh, round this all out with a little game <laughs> oh, what a tragic case I know tough yeah it's yeah. hard not to feel bad for the mother too she Ugh. knew she knew it she, i oh my god it's like truly i just like, like a mom's worst nightmare i know yeah well while going over this case i for some reason latched on to one fact which is the fact that um this happened in alligator country oh god <laughs> oh alligators truly. are kind of some of the most terrifying animals in my mind oh. like snakes spiders whatever Deeply. even cockroaches i'm like oh whatever like, but oh. a croc like an alligator or crocodile to me is actually terrifying scary and in a weird i saw way, one in costa rica and i was like ah they're, they're prehistoric they're yep. almost like dinosaurs well they really are yeah so for today's game we're gonna play a game that i'm calling answer me later gator <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) This is how it's going to work. So I looked up a bunch of fascinating trivia facts about alligators. And to make it a little interesting, I will start off reading to you all the answers to the questions. But you're going to be answering me later, gators. And afterwards, I'm going to read you a question, and it's going to be up to you to figure out which of the answers goes to that question. Oh, God. It's a memory game. Oh, God. Yeah, you have to remember the answers. All right. So, here are the answers. I'm confused. Danny looks like Uh, his brain is going to explode. Shout out to everybody with short-term memory. (laughs) Yeah. All right. There's eight answers. Don't write them down. No cheating. All right. Here we go. 75. 20 feet. Three years. 600 pounds. 200 million years. 35 years. 30 miles an hour. Oh, God. Seven inches. It's already too much. Okay. All right. Those were the answers. All right. Oh, God. All right, Danny. You are up first. Okay. I'm going to ask you, an average male alligator weighs how much? <laughs> 600 pounds? That is correct, Eddie. Nice. Well done. You answered me later, Gator. Well done. All right, Sarah. How fast can an alligator run? Oh, God. 20 miles an hour? That is incorrect, Sarah. It was 30 miles an hour. 
Shit. Wait, that's weird. We remember the same Damn it. Mandala effect. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. <sighs> All right, Danny, back to you. You have a little bit of a lead here. How many feet long was the longest alligator in history? Okay, we were both thinking 20, so I'm going to say 20 feet. That is correct, Danny. Damn You're it. on a roll. Wow. <laughs> well done. Sarah, back to you. Oh, good Selena Gomez song. A newborn baby alligator is how long? Six feet. Seven inches. That is oh my incorrect. God. <laughs> okay, wait, Sarah's what they say on Hinge. <laughs> the answer is what they get. I thought I remembered things. I was trying really hard. And then it, at a certain point, it just was in one ear and no. out the other. So I'm not doing great. Well, Daddy, you are doing great. And here's your next question. <laughs> Truly. How many teeth does the average alligator have? I either want to say 75 or 300. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with 300. That is incorrect. It was 75, though. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so close yet so far. Okay, Sarah, how long can an alligator survive without eating? Without eating? Oh, God. Hmm. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> um, I, I really don't remember. I'm going to go with 25 days. Three years is the correct answer. Fuck. What? Isn't that Jealous. Skinny <laughs> legend. Yeah. I was going to say, that's why they always look <laughs> sleek. Yeah, apparently, I mean, they're cold-blooded, so they don't use much energy just lying there. Hmm. And <laughs> they can hold on to food for very, very long. Wow. They can even survive when the water freezes over in the swamps. They just put their snouts out and then... They're like frozen <laughs> into the <laughs> ice so they can breathe all winter. And when the ice thaws over, they can just keep going about the Holy days. shit. That is so funny. Legends. Okay. We have two questions left. Oof. Danny, how long can an alligator live on average? What is their lifespan? Fuck. I know you said a really huge number and I don't know if that is it. They like, like, because that would just be so stupid, I think. That's the answer I'm thinking. <laughs> um, can they live 2,000 years? That is incorrect. Uh, 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 uh. They're cold blooded. I don't know. <laughs> My God, we would just be like ruled by alligators if that were the oh, case. I don't know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer was 35 years. Uh, oh. But this is. The long answer that you were thinking of, Sarah, oh. how long ago did the first alligators appear on Earth? 200 million years. Well done, Sarah. Yeah, oh. I got one. Not a shutout. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daddy, you have won today's game of Answer Me Ooh, Later Gator. Square. <laughs> <Fair and> square. <laughs> you have drawn to level points. With Sarah. Oh, shit. On our oh, wow. NATCP 2022 championship. We are tied uh -oh. three Rats points each. <laughs> Sarah, you came out of the gate swinging with three points it. unanswered, but Danny has uh, responded in kind. Mm -hmm. So six, three to three. Yeah. We have an we even go. game, ladies and gentlemen. We'll play All with right. our guests next week and they'll be like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> or like, they'll try to answer. We're like, oh, you're not in the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Well, thank you, Jorge, for another informative oh, game. I'm more You're afraid of alligators than I was now. before. <laughs> I know. But now I'm actually relieved because I'm like, oh, they're not going to eat me because they ate two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I don't, I don't trust anything that only needs to eat every three years. I know. I'm like three hours and I want a snack. <laughs> that. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you, Jorge. And thanks, everybody, for, thank you listening. for listening. Be sure to join the Facebook group, as yes. we say 900 times, but it works. Not another True Crime group. Is it too late to buy tickets for your show by the time this episode comes out? Yes, but not yours. All right. Well, uh, if you want to see me do some stand-up to uh, bit.ly slash A-I-T-A, capital Q, capital E, capital D. It has to be case sensitive. Or just go to my link in bio at Sarah Lameem. Woo! All right. I, I'm so excited for that. And yes. you can follow oh, yeah, me while you're on Instagram. 25th. Sorry. I feel like I should That's say Friday, that right? detail. Uh, I got my yes, tickets Friday. yesterday, Sarah. I'll I be got there. My tickets. Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited. So working it's on my be jokes. Oh. oh my God. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll um, laugh I'm no gonna, matter what, Sarah. No pressure, but I'm Thank going you. to Queens for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. Okay. Well, I'll see you guys then, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. We'll also see you guys then, too. <laughs> Bye. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.